Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William, the Opinion Updike. And I am Positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. Just a couple of best friends and Clipper credential media folks who uh, bring you Locked On Clippers five days a week. Yeah, we're bringing it to you from a new studio today. Oh, yeah. Moved moved recently downtown. Loving it. New space. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, the loft studios are in effect. Hopefully the audio sounds pristine. Hopefully there's not too much crazy stuff going on outside. <laughs> but hey, we're, we're just going to roll with the punches. Uh, it's my favorite day of the week. It's Twitter Tuesday. Every mm-hmm. single Monday, we ask for your questions on Twitter. Want to know what you want to know about, basically. Yeah. Uh, there's some a lot of great stuff in this one, uh, including some trade talks. So you'll want to stick around for that. And then in segment two, we're going to be looking ahead to the schedule a little bit. Um, there are, despite us having the 17th most difficult schedule, so easier than average, but 13th not... 13th easiest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah marginally uh, easier than average. Um, there's still are some difficult sketches, uh, some stretches, including there's, some some back-to-backs. There's and, three patches that just seem like it'd be rough, I guess is a good way to put it. Yeah. In the first 20 games, we do play something like five back-to-backs, yeah, it's not uh, which, which isn't great. But anyways, we're going to talk about that. Uh, and then in shavings, Charles has put together uh, <laughs> a, a, a heck of a pull for a possible buyout candidate. Yeah, um, my real job paid me a whole lot of money to put together these stats today. <laughs> oh, which I, he, he's got me actually pretty excited about. So we we got to break down that one. Uh, Blake Griffin also did an AMA on Bleacher Reports. So we're going to talk about that. And then just anything else that comes up. Mm-hmm. So all that and more coming up right about now. But first, got to let you know, this episode was brought to you by Rock Auto. Hell yeah. If you didn't know Rock Auto, they have amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. And tell them Locked On sent you. You are Locked On Clippers. Your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. Welcome to Twitter Tuesday, everybody. Uh, Getting right into it. We got a bunch of great questions. Thank you to everyone who sent them in at Locked On Clips. You can send them in pretty much anytime. But we'll answer them on the show on uh, Mondays if you send them in. Correct. At, at Corey DiBiase with a heater. Any realistic trade options or mock trades that can happen? I'm going to flip this one over to you because you got a lot of options on here. Okay. So, well, first, I just kind of wanted to talk about, like, if, if you look at the the market right now and and you figure, you know, the most likely candidates are kind of guys on expirings. Um, yeah. There's no, spoiler alert, there's no like Kyle Lowry type trades in this list. He is on an expiring and, and like does fit the criteria. It still seems to be very up in the air if the Raptors intend to fully part ways with him. He also is just at his price point, a completely unrealistic trade target yeah, for the Clippers. We but don't have the assets. Looking at some other expirings that are kind of projected to be on the market, you do have Lonzo Ball, um, which I didn't include in the realistic uh, portion just because at 11 mil, I got to be honest, it's still a little bit difficult to get to that number. The thing for me with all of this is that you can look to Lou Will's contract as some filler for this, but no, I don't think any team is trading and expiring for a guy who's going to retire, right? Like, I yeah, it just doesn't, unless, it you, doesn't, it, it just doesn't it, unless you're solely looking to unload um, you know, salary cap space, which if it's already foreign expiring, I, I don't really see the incentive. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe the second round picks is enough to get it done. I just didn't really see it. So I didn't include it in my realistic kind of look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oladipo, uh, obviously expiring. They decided not to extend him, which was basically just a clear cut um radar to the rest of the league that like he is <laughs> on he's on the he's on the trade block. <laughs> yeah. Um at 21 mil, there's just no way we can make it happen. Yeah. Reddick is another one. They are looking to move him very actively. 
He doesn't fit on the team. Not a lot of value for what the Clips need. And and we just, once again, we cannot make the contract work. Another interesting guy who I like is Patty Mills. Always ex- kills us, too. On an expiring, um, and he is kind of, you know, a floor general. Uh, can yeah. play some defense. Really exhilarating player to me. I yeah. really am a Patty Mills fan. Still at 14 mil. Not gonna it's happen. just really difficult <laughs> yeah, to make happen. it work. Um, so getting into some more realistic ones, uh, I think PJ Tucker is a name that moves a, a lot, the needle for a lot of people. Uh, you can make it work if you can get Pat, Pat to, to waive his no trade clause, the which Pat is Pat Pat contract is so infuriating. Yeah. Which, which is possible. And if you can trade Luke, uh, which does work in trade machine, there might be some issues with that due to like his contract extension yeah. versus how long he's been available. So assuming that that would work, that that trade does work. Um, it didn't really move the needle in any appreciable way, according to the win Hollinger's win analysis. Um, I at this point also, I don't think the Clippers are going to punt on him. I think they've already, you know, it's it's run by a businessman. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Ballmer's punting I don't, on Luke I don't Kennard. think they're going to punt on Luke Kennard, especially when he's an asset that next year I still see as having trade Even value. Even more tradable, I would say. Yeah, and and a, a better kind of salary-filling contract. Yeah. I also, I mean, I like P.J. Tucker. I'm a big P.J. Tucker fan. I don't super see the fit, if I'm being perfectly frank. Backup, so my fit, because I love, I've talked about it on this podcast, but I think I guess I see him as like a backup small ball five, which isn't that valuable of a piece of like he's the backup small ball five. He's not even the starting small ball five. Yeah. So yeah, that to me, that's it'd be a trade for the shoes. (laughs) That to me, that's that's a contract where I start to get even a little bit. I'm questioning that contract if you have to move out those Detroit seconds to make oh, that good call. go. Yeah, uh, especially on an expiring deal. I, I just don't know that that brings enough value. Yeah. So uh, ones that I'm a little bit more excited for, JaVale McGee for uh, Patrick Patterson and Fiondu Cabangeli. The money works. I'm not mad at that. I'm very comfortable. He would play a lot more than either of these two guys. I'm, I'm very <laughs> comfortable with the move. I like the veteran experience. I like having a little bit of extra backup yeah. at the five. Um, I think that he does sort of fit the sort of mold of, of what we have needed when losing leads, which is someone who can you know be a little bit more. He's athletic. He's quick. Yeah. And, and can just be a little bit more presence uh, on the glass. Yeah. Um, for sure. And I, you know, I think he would play pretty well with any of the guards on that second unit as a yeah. as a role man. Um, Devontae Graham is an interesting one. This has been floated a bunch, and I've kind of always been. I don't think they would have traded for him earlier in the season. Like I don't think the Hornets would have let him go, but seems like they might. I don't know. They're, I don't watch a lot of Hornets game, admittedly. <laughs> look, their guard rotation is pretty well shored up um, for their starters. You yeah. Know? Uh, and then I, you know, I don't know what they're looking for moving long term. He doesn't make a lot of money. Uh, basically, Devontae Graham for fee works straight up. Uh, this wow. would be this would be a situation where you know this all would, four second th- round this picks would definitely Detroit. be all, all four <laughs> second round picks. Um, I, I think one of the question marks for Devontae Graham is his production has leveled off a little bit this year. He shot 37% from three last year. He's down to about 35% this year. Which is like fine nowadays. It, yeah, it's it's fine. Um, but he does average like 5.7, just under six assists a game. Yeah. Uh, which to me is pretty interesting. Once again, cannot play defense. Um, and so I, I like the idea of this. But once again, it's another thing to me where it's like the Luke Kennard thing. Like, is what we really need on a second unit another ball handler? I, I yeah. don't know. Is he good enough? And he's slash, not playing defense. 
Yeah, like is he good enough to to fill time with the starters? I think if you would have asked me last season, the, the question is probably yes. But now it's like, this season, I it's it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really know how much of an upgrade it is. So Javel legitimately seems like the best option. This to me is the one like when I'm looking at like realistic trades, this is the one that's most exciting, which is so funny because I never would have said, I don't think at the beginning of the season, like that I had interest in in making a move for JaVel McGee yeah. or just another center in general. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I think if you're giving up this little. Um, who, what's, yeah, who, what's, who, Kui gives a shit. Yeah, depending on how many seconds you have to give up, like two, maybe, I don't know. I don't it still seems like ours. a lot. It still seems like a kind of. Well, a they're lot, high but, seconds, so it might only be one. Yeah. Um, we're going to have to take this thing in the second segment. That was a fantastic breakdown. I guess I'm all aboard the JaVel McGee uh, situation. Uh, at BDonk1 asks, what is the missing piece on the Clippers team? Are they are, or are they complete as they are now? I still think that third center maybe who can come in. Just Look, give us a body because Pat Pat it was going to be the backup center and he just very much is not ever like at all. So <laughs> I think assuming that everyone is at full health, this roster does not need, it does not need yeah. anything. Um, I do think that it's worthwhile exploring the buyout market for maybe someone who can fill in uh, Pat Beverly minutes if, I'd like if to he's have injured. All 15 players rostered is kind of my new take. Yeah. Is that I don't want us to have 14. I would like us to have 15. That's fair. Um, couple quick ones. At Rick Divine asked, do you think they will ever actually wear those gray uniforms, which have been leaked? It's just an all gray Clippers uniform. I hope not. They're horrendous. They look like Pleasantville. It is the epitome of a too corporate of a team that doesn't want to do any fun designs. It's so funny that that is our earned jersey. We, we kind of did it, based on how we played. That feels earned. Yeah. Um, and then uh, someone also asked, uh, though we want the Clippers to win it all, is it very possible that the NBA Finals will be with uh, Chris Paul, Blake, and DJ or Doc Rivers? Uh, not Chris Paul, but... Blake and DJ and Doc Rivers, very real possibility they'll be in the finals. Um, coming up, we're going to be answering. Wait, how would Blake and DJ and Doc Rivers be in the finals? Or oh, Doc either. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Sorry. Um, they're doing was, the format like, this year. Like, what? Yeah. Uh, coming up, we're going to be answering more of these fantastic Twitter Tuesday questions. But first, we have to give another shout out to Rock Auto. You must. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? Why do it? You have computers with access to Rock Auto at home and in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. That's a big dub. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. You buy enough of it, you could even carpet your house. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver or your car is your house, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose from the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on and they're how did you hear about us box, so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. 
Okay, so we're back and we're gonna talk about the toughest stre stretches of the second half of the season. But first, we had so many fabulous Twitter Tuesday questions. We gotta keep it going. I'm we gotta, we, this. we gotta keep it going. Uh, so what's what's up next? What 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 else does does Clipper Nation want to know? So we had some parallel thinking <clears throat> with some of these questions, which okay. we always love. Um, at Clipper Spencer, who's given us some really good questions these last couple of weeks, we appreciate it, Spence. Uh, which of the Clippers' problems do you think will be solved by the All Star break rest? and some more lineup continuity, hopefully. And which problems do you think won't be? And then Danny EMT of the Batum Battalion also asked, uh, with everybody well-rested and hopefully the coaching staff making the right adjustments during the break, do you think the second half will be more consistent than the first? They also added in parentheses so we know that they're not a negative thinker, not saying we were inconsistent, Okay, <laughs> which well, I love. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I'll address the first part, the Clipper-Spencer part. Um, I think that... The, I think that some of the continuity stuff is going to be worked out, hopefully, through this break and this rest. We can only hope for health. Um, yeah. Uh, other than that, I don't... Uh, other than just getting a break, I don't see anything else, like, super... Like, we're going to see, like, a, you know... A, we're not going to see, like, an improvement in clutch time offense, like... Yeah, we're not right? going to see, like, like a, a really great, big, tangible difference, I don't think, unless a lot of that stuff was just right fatigue-related. Yeah. yeah. Um, but sort of like what, uh, what needs to be resolved, like what won't be resolved to me is just still the defense. Um, and that's going to be kind of one of those ongoing things. We've talked about it on here before how, you know, Ty Lue does very much like to play with his defensive rotations, yeah. uh, as well as coverages really up until the finish line. Um, <laughs> Truly. So, so that's one of those things that's not going to be solved immediately coming out of the break. Uh, if you listen to the show, to me, that's like the most that that's the most dangerous thing for the Clippers the right issue. now. Um, but it's not just them. It's a lot of teams in the NBA are still trying to figure out how to catch up with how great NBA offenses have been. This the season. only team that really has like a legitimate we can just outscore anybody case is the Nets. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. Danny EMT asked, do we think the second half will be more consistent? I don't know. The second half, there's a couple rough patches we're going to talk about for answering some of these questions. Like the way we end the season is goofy. It's a four game road trip. There's a nine game homestand that has some games that are crucial for seeding. Definitely. That are all mashed together. So I don't, I think hoping for inconsistency, I don't think we should even, we shouldn't. And I mean that in a nice we way. We shouldn't hope for consistency. No, like, cause it's just going to be really hard to get in mm -hmm. this final part of the regular season like i want consistency in terms of like quality of play but in terms of results i guess i'm not as worried about it like definitely definitely um, i i hope i don't know i i do hope to see more consistent effort i guess defensively yeah that's fair um because i i do feel like schematics and and coverages aside that has been a little up and down as it will be in a 72 game a season or coach. yeah or, yeah. or or you know any uh, any long season. So we'll see. But I, I, I'm hoping that the inconsistencies as far as like lineup and availability are concerned, I do hope to see a lot more consistencies on that front. That's a good call. Yeah, I like that. Um, at Real Cognac One said, the he must have got that a second after At Real Cognac got it. Um, the Clippers are ranked 25th in free throw attempts and first in free throw percentage. Can Coach Lou get the team to attack the basket more often? A follow-up to that was Ari Azani. Is it possible that Paul George is waiting for the playoffs to be more aggressive in the paint to reduce wear and tear coming off the double shoulder surgery? His free throws this season continue to be significantly down from his last OKC season. 
So this I I think the first part, the real cognac question, I think it ties perfectly into Ari Azani's because we're going to see a lot more half court offense in the playoffs, and we're going to see Kawhi and PG hopefully not settling. PG's done a better job of it than Kawhi so far this season, I will say. But I'm really looking forward to look. Kawhi hitting turnaround mid range jumpers is beautiful. It looks great. But sometimes in the playoffs, you need to foul. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm excited to see that not settling happen. I think it's kind of like the same thing with Tyloo's defense. Definitely, definitely. And and I think that Ari, I mean, you hit the nail on the head there. I, I do think there is something to be said about sort of taking it slow in terms of contact. Yeah. Uh, especially in the first half of the season. Because we saw kind of a ramp up before the second half of the schedule was released. You talked about this a little bit yeah. too, how... Before we saw like what the second half schedule was going to look like going into the All-Star break, I did feel like we were getting a little bit more aggressive towards the back. For sure. I, I did feel like we were getting to something that was looking a little bit more like a playoff ready. And then it was of, like kind of an offense. We got to chill a bit. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that it makes sense because I you look at the load on both of these players um, and there is, you know, not only the load that comes with being a two-way superstar that you have to carry, but there's also the playmaking load that they have to shoulder. It's a new one, and, yeah, new yeah, burden. yeah. And then on top of that, you know, like just the the night in, night out, like contact, kind of living at the line situation is something that we just already know is both is in both of these players' bags. You know, it's, yeah. it's nothing to worry about. Um, but I I would I would not be surprised if there was a concerted effort to sort of keep some of that contact low and effort to sort of save yeah. some of that for later in the season. For sure. Um, at Gaspacho for all, which is a very, you know, that's just a movement we should all get behind. Uh, how would you grade the Clippers ability to scout and draft young prospects? They love team man's improvement, but it seems like other teams find diamonds in the rough at a higher rate than we do. I'd give them a solid C minus to D plus. I think Shea fell into their lap. And I think the only other one, they traded up to get fee and we didn't <laughs> take his third year option. Like, Arturo looks okay, but he was a first-round pick where there are some other players on the board still who are contributing for teams that have similar expectations in the Clippers. It's it's like a D plus. I think a D is is pretty generous. Uh, I don't – I feel like this has been – for how good the front office has been. Uh, With, these, like, existing player moves, it's been great. Yeah. But new guys, oof. Yeah, I think player development is one of those things. It's it's never been a strong suit of the Clippers as an organization, really. Yeah. Um, and you know they they have had some standouts, but like if it's not a high pick, um, they haven't really done a whole lot. And with sometimes, it. and this was an old front office, even if it is a high pick, yeah, like Olawakandi. <laughs> yes, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and you know every team has their misses in the draft. It, I mean. I think that it it's it only gets more highlight like how hard it is to do well. Yeah. But I think the Clippers have been exceptionally poor at it. <laughs> um, but I, I think that there's a lot to prove in the in the yeah. upcoming season. If man can become a rotation player, I mean that's a solid feather in the cap. How they can how they can develop Luke Kennard. How we use these Detroit second rounders, maybe, which are going to be high. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And then, you know, if Amir Coffey ends up making it out of the G League to be a rotation ready player, I mean, that, you know, that, that's oh, he's a solid kind of, at a rate that he's going to be expected to shoot it when he's up with the Clippers. So, I mean, so, you know, there are some kind of silver linings more recently, but yeah. overall, yeah, pretty I'd, bad. I'd say a D, it was yeah. pretty, it's pretty generous. Um, 
Arno Adathian asks, also Arno, if we, if we pronounce that wrong, I apologize. Um, well, I don't believe this season is do or die for the Clippers franchise as a whole. If we flame out this year, what do you guys think will be the long-term implications? I feel there is only so far you can go with the come win here because nobody ever else had tagline. We got Paul George locked up, so I feel a lot better about it. Um, I don't think there's any long-term implication, if I'm being honest. You don't think it influences Kawhi's decision? Um, it depends how far we go. Like, yeah. if we flame out, if we don't make it out of the second round, yeah, if I'm, I would tell Kawhi to not come back if we don't make it out of the second round. Um, but if we make it to the Western Conference Final and it's a close situation, I see no reason why Kawhi doesn't want to come back. But our pitch has been pretty much set in stone. It's with the same crew. Yeah, yeah. Given the contracts. But I, I don't know. People like wanting to bring a championship to a place that hasn't ever had it. I, I agree. It's also, I mean, what one, I mean, it's got to be one of the two best markets to play in for yeah. a player. I mean, <clears throat> so mild I, winners. I, I think that as long as they stay competitive, um, you know, this year certainly isn't do or die. I think if it's again, it's like, do or die for Kawhi, I would say. Yes. Yeah. If, if it's as, you know, of disappointing of an outcome as last season. I do think there will be more long-term implications, do, but, but yeah. <laughs> it, it'll be different. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it'll just, it, it will be different. Um, it looks different. But yeah, I, I mean, just because of the Paul George situation, the long-term implications for this team, it's already taken care of, to be perfectly honest. Like the, the yeah, you're never going to know what Kawhi is going to do anyway. So yeah. it's like, whatever, we got to ride this out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Last question before we hit the break and then talk about the schedules. Uh, Elliot Prasmo asks, will Blake signing for the Nets or with Blake signing with the Nets, do you think it's now or less likely that Kawhi will want to re-sign with the Clips as he may want to go somewhere with more superstars? No. The only, first of all, Blake Griffin is not a superstar anymore. So the Nets have effectively one more superstar than the Clippers, which is also one more superstar than every other team that has superstars. So I don't, I don't think if it does, I'd be really bummed out, but I don't think Blake going to the Nets affects this at all. I, I don't know. It's, it's the situation where, you just can't have another Golden State scenario because there's not really another team that has those sort of contracts, those sort of team-friendly yeah. contracts where you can really like just pack just in go the for superstars. It. Yeah. Um, so from a superstar perspective, I don't really see there being a much more enticing option out there. No. But who knows? I mean, it's you know, it's Kawhi. He's uh, he's an ethereal dude. He is an ethereal dude. Probably invest in Ethereum. Coming up, we're going to be talking the back half of the schedule, just some of the tougher patches. But first, Will, talk to me about betting online. All right. So there's one place that we trust for our sports action online, and it's Bet Online. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Look, we know football is over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL March are all Madness. in full swing. Time to let those bets go. It's true. Uh, but BetOnline doesn't just cover sports. They cover award shows, TV shows, reality TV. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets. And it's free to sign up, which is great. More money to bet. You can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. That's on top of your first deposit. What? Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right. Welcome to shaving slash schedule talk. I picked out three patches of the second half schedule, which okay. is the 13th easiest. Yes. Um, top 20 hardest, though. Um, 
Yes. That are going to be difficult. Um, and I just want to kind of gauge where you're at with them. The 24th through the 29th of March this month, we have a Spurs back-to-back on the 24th and 25th. Then we play Philly on the 27th and the Bucks on the 29th. This doesn't have a lot of seeding implications. implications. Um, but it, it's just kind of a brutal stretch after a Spurs team that is all... I don't want to play the Spurs twice and then have to play Doc Rivers and then the Bucks. It's, it's really difficult. Um, you know... I guess it's nice that half of it is East Coast teams, um, but it, it, yeah. I mean, there's no way around it. That's that's a brutal that's a brutal lineup. Um, I think these sort of these sort of back to backs against the same team is like an interesting development this year. It's it's just in a much higher number than I've seen in any other I season. I like it a lot more than I do, and I don't like it. I, <laughs> if I'm being honest, <laughs> I just think it's really hard to beat a team in like twice in, the, in two days. In, yeah, in the regular season, especially. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be really really difficult. Uh, another one you got outlined on here is the last road trip of the season. Dude, the last road trip was so fucking stupid. We play Charlotte on the 13th, then fly to Houston literally right after that to play the Rockets on the 14th, and the last game is against the thunder of the season. It's a TBD start time, which I know we're just going to get screwed on. This is just the dumbest way to end the season. Yeah. For the Clippers. Yeah. It, it's, it's really difficult. Um, we're just going to have to hope for another really strong section of play. Um, yeah. it, it'd be nice to get, to get another one of those, you know, five to nine game win streaks cool. in, um, yeah. and, and, and just kind of make sure that, we're not leaving a lot up to the end in terms of seeding. Yes. Because um, if it's if it's coming down the wire, it's going to be difficult. And the first through ninth of April, this is all at home. This is in the middle of our stupid nine-game homestand, which would be great if there were fans in the arena, but for obvious reasons, there aren't. We play the Nuggets on April Fool's Day. We play the Lakers on the 4th at 1230. Play the Blazers on the 6th. And then Suns Rockets back-to-back on the 7th and 8th. The seeding is pretty much going to come down to this stretch. Yes. Like this is going to dictate the seeding. Right now, two through five are separated by just three games. Suns, Lakers, Clippers, Blazers. Like this could not be, there is not a more important stretch than this stretch. Yeah, 100%. For the seeding freaks out there. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully. Just hope it goes well. uh, Hopefully April starts out really strong for the Clippers. Yes, absolutely. Um, And now we're going to get into the Otto Porter Jr. question. Yes. So, Otto Porter Jr. might get bought out. Apparently, the Warriors have interest, which makes no goddamn sense. But I think the Clippers should make a play here. I think we should jettison fee, trade him for whatever, so we can sign Otto Porter Jr. He is injury prone. He's only 27. He's not coming to do anything crazy, right? Yeah. He's really only had like four healthy seasons. Yes. He's the third string of whatever position we bring him in for. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, if you can get him on the buyout market, that's an excellent candidate. Yeah. Like, for the man, he's putting up 12-6-2 on 48% from two, 40% from three on four and a half three-point attempts a game. And and this isn't, like, not an anomaly. He's a 40% yeah. career three-point shooter um, and on, you know, decent volume. So that's pretty solid. Uh, he's a big guy's long. He also, he's a good rebounder. Yes. Which is what I like. He is... Has a 15% uh, true rebound percentage, total rebound percentage, excuse me, which would be fourth on the Clippers. So for those of you wondering what rebound percentage is, it's the total rebounds. um, It's an estimate of the percentage of available rebounds a player grabs while they're on the floor. 
to get to this for the formula for the formula people out there you take the total minutes uh of the minutes played by the player divided by five you multiply that times the uh, total amount of total rebounds plus the opponent's total rebounds and then you multiply that by 100. I, I honestly the notes on this are a little murky so i could be wrong but just know the higher the number the better the situation yes he and, has and, a, and that 20 like and that 24 percent defensive rebounding percentage is really solid yeah that'd I be mean, second on the clips he's a, he grabs 23 percent of available defensive rebounds he's just behind zoo and just above surge for that so he would be rebounding at a center's rate yeah um Achiru has the same percentage but he never plays so that's thrown out um and this is also the best mark of Otto Porter's career for his defensive rebounding percentage offensive rebounding percentage he's at 6.1 percent which would be fourth on the team Oturu is technically second but again throwing that out because he doesn't play third best offensive uh rating of his career this season two this feels like it'd be a good fit it's low risk we would have to cut fee but I don't think anyone's worried about that I know like I know I've only really harped on his rebounding and his shooting but I'm not sure what else we would need from a guy on the buyout market who's playing backup three four you know like I think it's a good fit I like it I like it and just looking at that lineup like if you can I mean he's more of a power forward but if you could kind of slot him as a big three yeah um, he's listed as a three which is weird next to uh next to sort of Lou and Terrence Mann yeah um i think that that's like that that's pretty interesting and then you he's have, efficient too so it's like you put him in you some you run some weird ass three four five where it's like he's the three mooks the four batum's the five <coughs> i don't know he had the one two or something like that not a closing lineup obviously but it just seems like a good fit yeah and those rebounding numbers do look a little bit different with him on the floor with oh, both yeah. mook and zoo for sure um but and that's kind of why we've been going by percentages on the show. I don't know if you've noticed the difference, yeah. but we, we talk about rebounding percentages a lot more than sheer numbers because I feel like it's a little bit more telling of a stat. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then rounding out shavings, Blake Griffin did an AMA on Bleacher Report. Had some nice things about it. Clippers fans, said they're very loyal. Also said his dunk on Kendrick Perkins was his most memorable, which makes sense. Yeah. Anytime, a, anytime Perk has a Clippers tweet, be sure to get in the replies with a good just dunk. Yeah. Just Blake Duncan on Perk. So the Detroit Pistons fan base on Twitter, which is a great Twitter fan base from yes. what I've seen. Um, they always post the the Camby gif of him doing the thumb to get people out of here. So this could be the Clippers fans thing for Kendrick Perkins. Just post that dunk. Yeah. That is a violent dunk. It is. It is. It's Oof. a good one. Man. I'm going to watch it after we record this. Um, that wraps it up for this edition of Locked on Clippers on Wednesday's episode. Have a What You Say Wednesday poll to look, uh, you know, what you guys want to know about a certain subject. Check out that at Locked on Clips. What can Ty Lue do in the second half of the season to improve the Clippers? Who knows? We'll talk about it. And whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland, Will, where can these people tell their other Clippers friends to listen to it? You can check us out on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Locked on Clips. It's a great little party trick. If you haven't already, please subscribe. Really, really helps us out. If you'd like to tell us how we're doing, go ahead. Let us know. Leave a rating or review over at iTunes or the podcast app. Love to know what you think. As we mentioned up top, we come at you Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. We'd love to have you listen. Yeah, come hang out. I have been positive, Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. We appreciate you.